Pick the Nintendo Shack and pray. Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening says, yo. Greetings, Kooplings, and welcome back to the Nintendo Shack. My name is Donnie Reese, and tonight is a very special episode. Uh, not only am I joined by the most famous, powerful person on Twitter, Miss Rebecca the Forest Minish, but also my co-host and compadre, Garrett, the blandest of explosions. How are you? Oh, hey. But I'm, I, I'm good. I'm are fine. you good? That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, yeah. I reached out to the one person that shares equal same level love for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, <laughs> Mike Minotti from Venture Beat, Games Beat, co-host of the Games Decides Beats whatever summer <laughs> mess with Jeff Grubb. How are you doing, man? Welcome to the Nintendo Shack. I'm doing good. I started choking on my Coke Zero the minute we started. I was like, oh no, but I brought it back. <laughs> it's under control. Here we go. Here's the Ori. He's it, guys. Oh, it's so beautiful. Is it a box? Oh, yeah. It plays the song. I am so jealous of that. I'm so jealous of that. Rebecca, you're the famous one. Get us a music box. (laughs) They sent sent one of these to my much more famous uh, co-host, co-worker, Jeff Grubb, and then I basically complained. Garrett and I understand the life that you lead podcasting (laughs) with somebody who is just incredibly famous. Exactly. And just overshadows everything. We get it. We understand. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for Rebecca to say something. (laughs) Um, all right, so it's 2021. We finally have games coming out, and we've all been mm-hmm. excited. We've been talking about this lull here in Switchland, and we have Mario 3D World, which will be out at what midnight or sometime overnight, but it, uh, it's out tomorrow. And the day you're listening to this, it's out. In a couple of weeks, we have Persona Strikers coming, which Garrett and I Ooh. have been talking on and on and on about for weeks, and we're so excited. Mike has reviewed and played both of these games. So uh, that's true. I told Jeff Grubb when he was on the show last time, I was like, we've got to get Mike over. And I was just waiting for the prime opportunity and boom, opportunity strikes. Um, so we're going to get into all of that and we're going to learn all that Mike has to say about 3D World, which I'm excited for because Mike, just to give you a little lay of the land, I have been telling people since Odyssey came out that Mario 3D World was better. <laughs> oh, no. Well, oof. See, I, I, I'm scared to go that far, but I tell you, I was one of those people when... 3D World came out that kind of poo pooed it a bit just because it wasn't Mario Galaxy. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you know, not to jump the gun here, but I really liked it this time around. Ooh, that's exciting. That's cool. exciting. So we're going to get into all that. But before we do, um, I do want to thank those that help us support uh, the support us over at patreon.com slash PSVG. So thank you, Michael Masick, Barry Cathcart, Edwin Callow, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Rude Days 93, Ben Moxham. Bmox over there, Rob Emanuel, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calico, Kyle Heyman, Grouchy Surge, Chris McElfresh, Devin Tyus, and Josh Borboni. Thank you guys for supporting us and keeping, again, the boat afloat. Mike, I wanted to get to know more about you. I mean, obviously, everybody knows about Jeff Grubb and his, lux- <laughs> yeah. his like, luxurious <laughs> locks and the E3 master and all that. I want to know more about mike and kind of your background and how you got to venture beat because uh i know personally i've got some questions for you because uh i think you have an interesting kind of background setting uh as compared to other people that do video game journalism yeah it's kind of similar to 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 jeff we both came from this website called bitmob that was started by 
some ex uh, EGM people. Mm. This was maybe about 10 years ago. And its whole thing was that it was very community focused, right? So anyone could submit stories and all the stories could be read, but they would also vet some stories and put them on the front page. So I was a directionless, you know, uh, college kid or just out of college. So I was posting some stories there. But they also had interns that would actually like write posts like constantly for them. So uh, I just emailed uh, the guy in charge, uh, this was Dan Shu and Damian Lin. I just emailed them every day for I think about a month straight. And, uh, you know, if you, if you don't have talent, you have to have persistence. So persistence, eventually, they just threw me a bone there. So then I started at Bitmob. And then from there, Bitmob got bought by VentureBeat just a couple years after that. And that's that. I've actually been at VentureBeat for, yeah, a pretty long time now. I think yeah. it's been almost uh, seven or eight years. And just kind of slowly doing well there, uh, starting from intern to now I'm the reviews editor at VentureBeat. And I've gotten to stay in my hometown at uh, in Youngstown, Ohio, the entire time where I still am right now. So that's, that's kind of the short version of the path. That's what I actually one of the things I want to talk to you about most was I'm from Ohio myself. And we don't have a lot of games journalists that are like, hey, writing to you happily from Ohio. You know, it's if you're not like in Santa Monica, like you're kind of missing out. Like how how has that been? Do you have you done I mean, have you done like a lot of traveling through through VentureBeat for for the gig or do you have issues like with access or anything like that? A lot of traveling, uh, you know, not not too bad. At first it was, you know, I did have to fly a lot. And at first I wasn't a big fan of flying. And then you do it enough. You get over that pretty quick to the point where I enjoyed it. The, the thing that would get me. Some t- somewhat wearisome. It's just that it's a lot of specifically California, right? It's always San Francisco, LA, San Francisco, LA over and over again. So it wasn't too bad. If we got something that we thought was good for me, I would be the one to get to do it. Uh, so, you know, like the very first event I went to, I remember was for Epic Mickey back when that came out and it was an event at Disneyland. And uh, wow, you could probably tell from my Mickey shirt, but that's like my other big thing is Disney. So, I was so starstruck from there. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I've done a lot of events. And it's funny now, I feel like the access thing isn't an issue at all because now we're just doing all this stuff online. I think everybody realizes that they can do it online. So, yeah, that hasn't been too much of an issue. I used to always think and wor- worry that I was going to have to move someday to keep doing this. And now I don't feel like that. I, f- I think I'll be going to be able to stay in my hometown, which which I want to do. I like it here. I'm happy here. So that, that, that's that been one bright side of all of this, I guess. <laughs> I do think that's like the coolest thing about it, because I imagine there's a lot of people out there. Obviously, I think every time we have a guest on, we always ask them, like, what advice would you give to people? Because we get those questions a lot. People, they want to do this, right? They, they love what they love the podcast. They love coverage and streaming and the news and the rumors and the leaks. And they're like, I wish I could do that. And there's probably a lot of them out there thinking like, but I can if I don't move to California. Yeah, That's not it's true. funny because yeah, there's proof. Yeah, there's one other big gaming journalist, uh, uh, Bob Mackey, who came from my literal town, uh, Youngstown, Ohio, and he was at One Up and uh, in, in, in some other sites. For a bit. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's in journalism right now. I think he has his own Patreon, his own podcast network. He, he does retro knots and stuff like that. But he's the opposite, right? He moved out to California, uh, you know, pretty early on. But I got to. Uh, do a different path about it and uh, it was one that worked out for me anything else nice guys anything for mike no No? i think it's really cool i mean it's way better here it sounds like a dream come true be a games journalist and stay at home yeah work work from home (laughs) literally and get to travel and you know, kind of tie in with those other interests that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One time I got to go to France for some like mobile 
uh, game awards thing. And because it's me, wow. I, of course, just went to Disneyland Paris. <laughs> it was like my first <laughs> – even before I thought about going to actual Paris, I made sure I went to Disneyland Paris. Mike, well, what is the weirdest event you've gone to? I'm sure you've gone to many of them, but what, what's the weirdest one you've been to? Gosh, uh, what – the Fallout 76 one was interesting because it was in uh, West Virginia. So I got to drive to a video game event, which oh, was bizarre true. for me. And it, it took place in this like old timey resort place that's actually in that game. And okay. we, we were in like at the actual vault that they were going to put the legislative branch of the government if there was like a <laughs> nuclear attack on Washington, D.C. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we like partied in there. Like they said, I was like, this is, this is the room where the senators would have to strip naked and incinerate their clothes. I'm like, oh. That's, uh, I think that's just the bill for Bizarre. That's, that's Bizarre, yeah. yeah. Then there was Sonic's birthday party at one of the E3s, this is some E3 party, and they put on some, they had Crush uh, Crush 40, I think that's that band's name, that does all those, you know, open your heart, it's gonna be all right. All the Sonic songs. And then there was like a Sonic play. They were giving out Sonic teenies, which were just martinis, but blue, and I liked them anyway. Did you just say I, Sonic teenies? Yeah, Sonic teenies. It was good stuff. At, the, at that Disney event I went to for Epic Mickey, they were giving us Tron teenies. And to this day, I still make Tron teenies. At <laughs> they like glow in the dark. It's blue carousel or UV blue with alcohol. Basically. Little, it's little so RGB in the glass. Put in there. Oh, no. like glow. Literally like chemicals just in that. <laughs> oh, but delicious, delicious chemicals. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, we buried the lead. Um, but before we get into the reviews, I had one direct question for Mike. Honest opinion, the greatest Mega Man game ever. Why Mega is it Man. Mega Man Legends? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm such a Mega Man guy, but I'm also mildly anti-Mega Man Legends. I'm going to disappoint everybody. I, Mega Man Legends is fine, but I'll take the 2D ones over that a million times. Mega Man 3 is the best Mega Man game. That's the correct answer. Two and Mega Man X1 are also acceptable. Maybe Mega Man X4, maybe Mega Man Zero Three, not Mega Man Legends. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into why we asked you to come on the show. Let's get into brass tacks. Mike, tell us how great Mario 3D World is. It's pretty great. All right. Can I go now? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> we're, we're done. We're that's done. It. Just cut the that's show. it. We've done it. No, it's again, I, I was talking about this, but when it came out on Wii U and I, I played through it, I remember I liked it and I had fun the whole time, but I wasn't plussed about it. For some reason, this time I was so much more plussed about it. I was just having incredible fun. To the point where I, I, you know, I didn't just beat it, I went and 100%ed it. I got wow, all those green wow. stars, I got all the stamps, I, I did the Champion's Road. Just I, I basically did just about everything I could except beat every level as every character, which gets you a few extra stamps, which which now I'm ashamed I don't Did you have. do it faster than Jeff? Oh, I mean, I don't know if how fast did he did it, but I'm it? sure, yeah. absolutely. I'm it's sure crushed. I did it with a lot more elegance. I'm sure I looked a lot more handsome while doing it. I bet. So, yeah. <laughs> but just uh, – it's just so well designed. Each level is interesting. It's fun. At first, it kind of has a little bit of that new Super Mario – a uh, problem where aesthetically it seems like, oh, the aesthetic is just Mario. But they get so much more creative with the levels, like the yeah. theme park themed levels, the train stuff. It's all it's all so good. And it looks really good too, right? This was the first uh, HD Mario game and it still just looks so nice. Plus, I, it's something that you probably wouldn't know unless you see it, but they sped it up a bit. All of the Mario you know, characters, they all move a little bit faster. 
I was going to ask about that. Did it did it feel really different playing it that way? Did you notice it? That's, it's like it's hard to say I noticed it, but again, I liked it more this time, and that's the really the only difference, right? So that must have like registered with me in some way because the game did just feel incredibly good. I, I the, the amount of control I thought I had was perfect. I'm excited about that because one of my concerns when they announced this port was I was thinking after Odyssey, after Captain Toad, and after these things, like it feels like a lot of the tricks and innovations that Mario 3D World had have already been showcased in other games. Like a lot of people, this will be their first time mm-hmm. playing that game, right? This will be the first time they're playing Mario 3D World. And I was like, man, maybe they're just going to be like, it's like the other ones, but it's not. Originally, it was the original one. It was the one that did all that stuff first. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, for somebody that played it already and played it again, and now you like it a lot more, that excites me because maybe that still kind of showcases. Because uh, I, I I, will say, I do love the I love the multiplayer aspect of, of the game. I think it's great local player, local co-op. Um, I do also really love the design and the style the game has, like those those Bowser levels with with the car and the castle, mm-hmm. like the casino and stuff like that. Those are epic, and yeah. uh, they're really really grand experiences. Um, that after I played Odyssey, and Odyssey has a lot of great things. I'm not throwing stones at Odyssey, but it didn't feel the same. It didn't hit the same for me. Um, so I've been on this train for a long time now. I'm really great. excited. Yeah. I can't wait to play tomorrow. I didn't play the first game and you guys know me with my history of Mario. I feel I I don't I'm probably not going to buy it right away. But hearing you say that you liked it more than the original makes me excited and more interested in trying it out, Um, especially coming off of 3D uh, Mario All-Stars to kind of get that new Mario experience for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, this is also maybe the best soundtrack any of the Mario games has. Music is I have had the the Bell Hill theme just stuck in my head. The song they play in the snowy levels is it, so good. And it's, it, it, the quality of it all is great, right? Even in Mario Galaxy, as good as those soundtracks are, there's still like a good amount of like MIDI quality music here and there that sometimes sticks out compared to, say, you know, uh, the Gusty Garden theme. But everything here just sounds like jazzy and yeah. fun, like jazzy mm-hmm. with a bit of like funk orchestra and a little funk. It's it's like majestic but whimsical. It's it's so much fun. I want to hear about Bowser's Fury. <laughs> Bowser's Fury is so surprising because it is so much more substantial than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's 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 not like the length of a full Mario game. It's not going to take you as long to beat as 3D World or as Odyssey did, but it still feels like a full thing, right? Uh, and it, it really is just like an open world Mario game. It's one really big level, but it's still kind of approachable in a sort of ch- bite-sized chunk way. Cause it's basically a big lake and it's dotted with these little islands. And each of these islands is almost like the level, right? And each one will have like a uh, five or so cat shines to get. And those are your collectibles. So you can kind of, you know, and you have uh Plessy who is the Loch Ness monster thing. You ride from 3d yeah. world is kind of your, like that's your, uh, King of Red Lions, kind of like Wind Waker thing. That's your travel mode between all these different islands, aside from just if you don't want to just run around their very connected bridges and stuff. But it, it has the mechanics of Bowser's Fury, but it just feels like a completely different thing. It's 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 open world. Uh, you have Bowser Jr. there, which is a great like little brother or little sister mode, right? Because they can kind of help out without necessarily doing anything that's going to be a detriment to you. And you have Bowser in kind of Godzilla form every once in a while, just rising up and you're still playing the game when he does that, but he kind of can make things more difficult or 
you can use him to access some of the catch signs you couldn't normally. Like there's certain blocks that only he can break with his fire breath. So when he shows up, it's it's kind of an opportunity to go and get some of those catch shines too. Gotcha. I was gonna ask. So in this open world, is it like the is it like the hub world and you hop into other stuff like a sixty four or sunshine? Or is everything just being done in this world, like a giant everything's being done in that world. Yeah. It's not wow. it's not really a hub world. It's just like yeah, mm-hmm. it's like one big Mario Odyssey stage. It's, it's like fluid. Yeah. yeah, the closest it, it comes one to is world. probably the the um uh what is that? The second level from Mario Odyssey, the one in the desert that that's one of the bigger yeah. ones there. It yeah, feels I remember that. Most like that, I guess. But again, a bit more like it's bigger and there's more like central area, centralized areas where the catch shines are. And you can just do anything in any order. You can approach the levels in whatever order you want. You kind of uh, to a point at, at first, there's only so much of the map open. And you you, you fight Bowser multiple times, right? Like in all the uh, Mario mm-hmm. games. And once you do like more of the map becomes open and right. then another time more does. So pretty quickly you can approach it from any area. And like, and like all the 3d Mario games after you beat it, you still need to go back and get all of them if you want to. And that's when it's like super open up and you have total freedom and, and stuff like that. I saw a lot of the reporting came out earlier. They said to complete it would be three to six hours. Is that like full collectathon three to six hours or is that just to get through kind of the story meat of it and then if you want to collect it it'll take more time than that what's funny is that came from me i actually included that in my preview when i wasn't supposed to uh, <laughs> yeah what? i broke an embargo on that so that that was fun but uh yeah uh, so at this point i think it's okay but yeah it's three, three hours to beat uh like with just the minimum amount of catch eyes you needed and then six to 100 percent it six hours to get all of them was for me and that, that's estimates. It didn't have like an end game timer or anything, but I'm pretty sure that's about right. Thanks. Cool. Very excited. Um, before we get into Strikers, Digital Foundry released their kind of stuff on it, and I'd just like to read some of it. Um, so it's I, the, the Switch version of Mario 3D World is identical to the Wii U version. They did notice that the speed, which I'm excited for, um, because the first one is a little slow. I put it up on Wii U, and okay. like when you're walking, it feels like you're walking, like you're just kind of trudging <laughs> along. Um but they did notice that there's apparently like some weird image reconstruction being done on the docked boat. So it's not running like full 1080p. It's got like some interlacing image scaling that's letting it do its 1080. Now it's full 1080 60 3D world. Bowser's Fury though is not. It takes kind of a dip and it, it kind of yeah, it drops down to like 720. Um, it has like some some updates in it and it's capped at 30 frames on the go and there's like some some slight performance i wouldn't uh i don't think that's really anything to to really point out because it's minor but it's interesting and i think that just kind of paints what mike was saying how big and like this this entire area is it's gonna be really taxing to the switch system um just kind of Mm -hmm. have like this constantly open world that's why i was wondering if you jumped into tunnels or paintings or something and you know you would offload into little minor sections or something because it's all together um it's kind of taxing the switch quite a bit maybe Right, and I think a lot of people think that this is a test of some kind for a more for even a larger th- uh, open world Mario game, right? Yep. And maybe this is going to be one of the kind of driving forces behind. Oh, we do need a Switch Pro because even just just this version of it was pushing up against the Switch a little bit. And I I played it mostly in dock mode, so I, I didn't notice the that too much. But the frame rate uh, the frame rate thing is real, and that would bother me a little bit playing it handheld. Yep. Is Come there a, uh, is there a map with it or mm-hmm. okay okay so at least there's that you, yeah. you don't feel like you feel lost in it 
at all? No, no. You, I, I, you don't feel lost. The map is, again, pretty much like the maps from Odyssey. It's not as clever as, you know, looking like a little tour brochure, but uh, gotcha. it's like that. Cool. Something I was curious about that I wanted to ask, Mike, was if you think they might have been including this Bowser's Fury area as almost like a testing the waters for perhaps the next 3D Mario game that they're making, that it could be this big grand world and kind of have seamless levels like that. Did you feel like it could make its way into a new type of Mario game in the future, like a full I, its own game? I think absolutely. And even before this, I felt like that was the next step with from what Odyssey was doing right, yeah. which was much larger Mario levels than we were used to. So I, I assume the next thing is to have kind of the big open world Mario game, almost like Jack and Daxter 1, yeah. if you remember that. Something a, a bit closer to that where everything is connected, but it, you know, on a larger scale now because it's not PlayStation 2 era anymore. Uh, Rebecca wishes it was, though. She <laughs> really wishes. I love the PS2 graphics. <laughs> Breath of the Mario. Uh, one day. Um, okay. So I w- it's, it's floating around a 90 Metacritic for anybody out there. So get hyped. Get That's excited. Good. Support. Yeah, one, one more thing I should say is that I did try out online multiplayer with, Ooh, like, yeah. with Nintendo, like I, with some treehouse people. And that works pretty good. I think they might have been on those new servers that they were talking about, right? Or, yeah. or whatever that is. Some of that text up yeah. a bit over my head. But it, it ran pretty well. There was one moment where there was a, a bit of like a frame rate drop that I noticed and it picked back up pretty quickly that's that's not my favorite way to play this game i'm not a giant fan of that multiplayer uh, i think it becomes a bit more hectic as opposed to just focusing yeah. on having fun by yourself <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right i know so a lot, of people, Mario, so a lot of people are excited to go into this multiplayer it's mm-hmm. um i mean i played the first one with my kids and i'm planning on it as well and i'm thinking hopefully me and jason can get together one night and play yeah. um the mm. It's a lot of fun because the worlds are big, so you can kind of like roam and go your own way, but they're so linear in the nature that you don't have like weird camera issues or anything like that. Um, but you also have like a mini comp- competition where whoever finishes the level gets the crown. So it can lead to some competitive stuff where instead of like helping each other to find all the clues, you can just start throwing people off the side and trying to get to the end. So it, it kind of goes, you know, I think it depends largely on who you're playing with. It's fun. I would not want to play through the whole game like that. It, it's the same way how I feel about the new Super Mario Brothers games. It's fun to play with friends sometimes for me, but the game quickly becomes about uh, vengeance. Yeah. It's like this person <laughs> threw me, now I'm going to throw them. So it, 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 it has a very different flavor at that point. Yep. I don't want to play with Donnie then. I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm just here for a good time. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a Mario newbie. You would just throw me out in this side of the platform. <laughs> me and you, Garrett. <laughs> um. All right. I want to talk about Persona Strikers. Now, please. Garrett and I have been talking about this for a very long time. We've waffled back and forth on where we were going to play it and all that. Um, Digital Foundry did not do a breakdown, but I did find some oh, really? intel that I shared with Garrett. And uh, the Garrett, you're right. The Switch version runs the game better than Age of Calamity. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's smoother, right? It's smoother. It, doesn't, it doesn't drop as much. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a more stable 30. It does have a lower resolution. Um, but one of the interesting things with like the tech comparisons on Switch with some of these games is Switch games have like higher contrast. Like when you compare them side by side, like the Switch version has like brighter, vibrant colors and like it, darker blacks yeah. than it like, does. console versions, yeah. which is a little I see that sometimes. weird actually. And sometimes you might even prefer it with a game like Persona. Like I, I'm still going to get it on PlayStation because yeah. apparently it just runs completely smooth over there. But 
I waffled on it after like seeing some preview and some review stuff. I was like, maybe I just get it on Switch. I don't know. Maybe get both, you know? <laughs> both. Might as well, you or know? The cross saves. I, I, I actually did play it on a PlayStation for my review. PlayStation okay. 4 version on PlayStation 5. And it, yeah. ran, I mean, it ran very well there, which you would kind of hope it would. But yeah, yeah it looked great. Uh, very consistent, high frame rates. Load time seemed really good. So That's great. Right. And I am somebody who... You know, I, I do have like bad flashbacks of playing Hyrule Warriors like on on the Wii U and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, I don't know about Muso games on on Switch or Nintendo platforms, so I don't know. But what? man, this game is this game it surprised about? me because I like Persona a lot. I uh, love Persona Five, and this really wasn't on my radar because I'm I'm not a big Muso guy, right. I'm not a big Dynasty Warriors Just like guy. Me. Yeah. yeah, so I, I didn't really care. Like, oh, so Persona is the next random video game series to become a muso okay whatever right but this isn't like that this is really persona 5 2 it's almost thank a you. direct sequel thank you wow so much like, the only difference is that the battle system is a real-time battle system instead of turn-based it's almost like kingdom hearts it's a comparison yeah, i saw yeah. and that's what it feels like right like you're running around you're attacking you have a magic system but it still has all that persona stuff you're still exploiting enemy weaknesses right you still are Collecting and fusing personas, uh, you're still doing you know one more time and switching characters on the fly. Like all that stuff is still there. The social aspects are a bit scaled back. Like you, you don't have the social links, mm-hmm. but you're still real world stuff. Uh, the whole kind of gimmick here is that it's a road trip that you're on with everybody, so you get to visit uh, more cities around Japan, which is fun. It's shorter too. This is like thirty hours instead of a hundred, which. Without the social stuff and that's being good. an action RPG, that's, yeah, I, I was kind of fine. Thirty still, yeah, thirty that's, still. That's, that's really good for me. <laughs> I, I think that's an hours. that's an improvement. <laughs> I prefer that to be honest. <laughs> quite, yeah, quite quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, I'll, that was the big takeaway. It's like I, I was surprised how much this was like Persona Five. It's it's basically good. that same formula. I'm interested in knowing a little bit more about the social stuff. So. Is it like pre-canned, like pre-missions? Is it all cutscene? Do you at least get to choose kind of how you spend any of that time? Uh, so kind of in between some of the dungeon stuff, you're going to be in those cities I'm talking about. You can run around. You can talk to your characters. And th- there will be like some missions that, that you'll get from them. Like, oh, uh, Morgana wants to get and some sweets or something like that. Yeah, you yeah. can there's like a bit like a couple of moments like there's one time where i went on a ferris wheel it's like who do you want to go on the ferris wheel with and, mm, sure. but you know you're not romancing anybody or anything like that there's one bar that's like your i forget what it's called your social bar your confident confidant or whatever no, it, it's kind of like that but it's just one now for everything okay gotcha and everything you do just goes to that even beating battles like that thing goes okay. up a bit and mm. when the net gives you points in like a not a skill tree, but something kind of like that, basically. So that's, that's okay. what you get instead of the much more robust, you know, arcana cards and all that stuff. Right, right. Is it by calendar day like Persona? No, and that so like they have a calendar, but it, it's like if you go inside of a dungeon, you come back out. That doesn't advance a calendar day. Okay, okay. So that really doesn't matter. It doesn't really too matter. Much. No, okay. it's just it's just literally for like story progression and planting your feet there, I guess. Gotcha, gotcha. There's no deadlines or anything like that. And the story is a straight sequel after Persona 5, the original version, right? Yeah, it, just starts, yeah, it starts a few months after the end where uh, the, the main character uh, comes back for a summer vacation with everybody. Cool. Mm-hmm. And you like the story? Yeah, at first I was a little 
kind of iffy on it just because it starts off slow like persona games do but the difference here was i really wanted to get to this combat i wanted to see what it was like what was going Mm -hmm. on so taking a bit to get there plus it's reintroducing all these characters that i already know and all these characters have had their character arcs right they already kind of went through all the emotional growth they needed to in the last game so it took a bit for them to introduce some of the new characters and to get things going and to get going in the dungeons before i was kind of a happier on that front Nice. I think it's interesting that they re- they had the review embargo up so early. Uh, yeah, I yeah. didn't even realize that myself until I was writing the review because I knew when the embargo was. I'm like, when is this actually coming out? Oh, oh. oh yeah, okay. still a few weeks out. I was like, wow, it's going to be a while. Now, Garrett, you're also nice right. Surprise. Current Metacritic's like over 80 at the moment, I think. Yep. So, spot on. Good. Weren't we talking about that? You thought it was going to review fairly low. I, I have this thing with Muso games like that uh, journalists and pros, they typically don't rate them very highly. I don't think a lot. I think, I mean, as Mike said it, he didn't normally like them. And when he said it, you all kind of shook your heads. I feel like that's the <laughs> common opinion. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I like the Muso that- games. So it's one of those things I've gotten used to. When people say it's a Muso game and it's a 70, I'm like, that's pretty good. Because yeah. <laughs> typically right. they don't, they don't said that it well. doesn't really feel like that, but it feels more like a sequel, I think probably plays a big part in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Of course. I find it, I, I don't know if it's odd, but just out of, it's just weird to me that they released this game onto Switch. Now it makes sense because it's a huge fan, like like player base now on Switch, yep. but it's a sequel yep. to a story. I understand it's a Musou style game, but it's still very Persona. Yep. And like we have never seen a Persona game in in Nintendo platforms. Or, well, we got Persona Q series. But yeah, yeah. Persona that's, Q that's and the stuff. weird thing is mm-hmm. that they like, I have no idea why they don't bring Persona 5, Persona it's 4 a weird Golden, PlayStation Money, that's Portable. why. I, I I guess, but man, like... Uh, well, Persona point, 4 Golden's on PC now. It's on like, PC. I mean, they can still have a console-exclusive like agreement. Yeah, there must be some kind of agreement it. because yes. mm-hmm. like these main games always are on, on PlayStation. And, and But man, these games would do so well on Switch, and it's so annoying yeah. because, especially for turn-based JRPGs, I need to play those on portables whenever exactly. I can now. Like, my whole thing right now is I'm slowly going through the Dragon Quest series. So I had to pick up Dragon Quest Eight, nice. and now I'm playing my 3DS again. But, yeah, I just like playing JRPGs on portable systems. Now, for an action RPG like this, I was fine doing it on my mm-hmm. living room and all that stuff. But For sure. I'm really cool. excited. I can't wait to play it. Um, still a couple weeks out for me. But we have a related question from Kevin, which this will be a lot of fun. He goes, we just got Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and now we have Persona 5 Strikers. What franchise would you guys like to see in a Warriors game spinoff? Becca. I feel like, did we answer yes. this like a long time We're ago? Answering this like we've the we've done this like fourth time. Or maybe time, yeah. a few times, yeah. I'm sure, and I, I never remember what my answer was every time. <laughs> That's the that's the fun part of doing a podcast. Did, didn't we yeah. say like um, if we were thinking Nintendo specifically? Um, didn't we say like Kirby would be a cool one with all of the different uh, Kirby, uh, Kirby warriors? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the all Waddle Dees. That would be kind of fun, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's kind of uh, funny. Kirby captures or whatever whatever they're called that he has. A lot of people have said they've wanted like a Pokemon uh, warriors. That's been a thing that's been kind of fun. That would be great. Fighting a million Zubats. <laughs> it has to take place Zubats. inside of Mount Moon. I have a list. Supersonic everywhere. <laughs> it just confuses you. I have a list. They're not Nintendo related. I do have one Nintendo related one. You guys know that I, I think Fire Emblem Warriors is awful. And the reason <laughs> I think it's awful is because it's not a really good Fire Emblem story. So hear okay. me out. They did this Age of Calamity. And it was a direct sequel. I've done mm-hmm. Persona and it's a direct sequel. What if they did a Three Houses Warriors? 
where it was a direct sequel of the story with all the same characters and everything, just like Age of Calamity. But you, had, you had, I can uh, see them doing it. Like four different endings in three houses, right? Which which ending is it going to? We'll, we'll just do a prequel. Just pay. It, it will be a timeline that merges <laughs> everything, <laughs> but it will be in the past. Yep. You know, it'll actually make sense with Fire Emblem because there's so much. They'll have this show. little egg robot that nobody's ever heard of. It'll totally show up. Like, don't and worry can about it. Can we have kids? <laughs> can, can that be a thing? Well, I have some romance oh, we'll going bring back on. Some, we'll bring back some awakening stuff. There that's we like, go. That's one of my small things with Persona Five Strikers is that it has. You know, it does, there's no system in place for it to know which character you were dating in Persona 5. So right. now it's just yeah. nobody's dating anybody. And it's a little weird because it's like all of these attractive teenagers going on this like cross country trip. And they're like, <laughs> there's very little sign of attraction. It's, it's up, it's up for them. your imagination. So whatever the story so. that you, you're you putting yeah, in there, Mike. The implication, man. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I'm just an awful person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other franchises that I, I I I just I'll throw these out there for you guys to think about them. I think I think at least one of them's good. So I wrote mm-hmm. down Final Fantasy, Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, Monster Hunter. <laughs> Nothing. Final, I mean, <laughs> awful across the board. Got it. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> these are just typical franchises. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> sure. I thought, Devil May Cry makes a lot of sense. It almost makes too much sense. Yeah. I guess. I, I think Devil May Cry is a really I, good one. Are you thinking, so I think your train of thought here is which series have enough compelling characters to... Exactly. Yeah. Every time I think of a Warriors game, I think of what franchise has a lot of characters that tells really great stories, but you don't want to play 300 hours to get there. And so I was kind of look at these franchises, like Final Fantasy makes a lot of sense to me. I totally yeah, see a course. Final Fantasy so Warriors one? game. If, if it was like Final Fantasy 12 Warriors, I think that'd be cool. Because I don't know why, just because that was already a little bit real time. They could do one where they world. had eight different timelines come together. Like that's the crazy thing yeah, about Warriors games is you can do stuff. And that like last Ascidia game was awful. So I don't know. <laughs> I thought Monster Hunter could be a fun Warriors game. That, uh, that one's already like kind of action a, game yeah. already, you know, it so it's just not enough monsters though. It's really, they're just giant monsters that you go and attack over and over again. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like warrior style to me. I want to do something just real weird. I want to echo the Dolphin Muso game. There we go. Oh, I want to figure that yes. out. What is that going to look like? <laughs> I could have... see the other idea you had was the Resident Evil one. They could be fighting hordes of like zombies and whatnot. Oh, yeah. That actually makes sense. Yeah, but the thing there is that like these are usually much more melee focused, right? Like, I was going to say, what kind of weapons would you have? Because you don't really normally see like... And there's a bit of a range game in uh, Strikers, right? Like you, all, each character has guns just like yeah, in right. Persona 5, but it's not very much about that right because it's not a shooter by any stretch of the yeah. imagination birdman in the chat mentioned xenoblade and we've talked about yeah, the xenoblade warriors game xenoblade for a long a time lot. yeah especially if you brought all three games together i think that'd be really cool all like if you could best. have like mithra and pyra and then also jump into a mech and then also go back that'd be that'd be nuts that'd be a lot of fun i would Maybe actually be surprised if that doesn't happen at some point i think it's a good it yeah. yeah that one actually makes sense especially since nintendo has a relationship there yeah i could see them doing that And I also, when I look at, um, so I have the, I have the, the proof I get to, I get to be the one to say that I I said it. I actually wanted a Persona Warriors game like three years ago. Like I tweeted it out. I think you called it. Yeah. Yeah. I was the one of the people that I've answered this question before. My answer always was until this got announced Persona. And one of the reasons why I like the Musou games is I think it's a great way of introducing people into your franchise that otherwise may be intimidated by the game. Right. Like a big hundred hour RPG. Like if you're not into that, you'll never get there. But like a Warriors game is a way to maybe like, hey, let, let's let's let you learn who these characters are, kind of what the story is, kind of this art yeah. style. That's a great way of kind of onboarding people. 
I saw uh, Gem Fruit in the chat said Castlevania. And that's one I thought about too, just because uh, in be Persona fun. 5 Strikers, each mm-hmm. character has their own weapon, right? And, uh, yeah. Right, and on has her whip, and it's kind of Castlevania esque. It would have worked sexier than that. Like, yeah, like that would that, work. No, definitely like, work. Yeah. It would require Konami's cooperation. Yeah. but <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> we'll see about that. But yeah, you could storm the castle. You have Dracula. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun. There's yeah. a good variety of enemies too that I think could work in hordes. They got the yeah, smash I mean, inclusion. Literally, literally like zombies, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be that would be a really good one. Yeah. That would be kind of high up on my list. Okay, well, um, be excited. I'm excited. I know Garrett's excited. We're going to play both those games. Rebecca, are you going to play Mario or Persona? Yeah. I Not Persona. I won't get that game, but I think, I don't know. It depends on how much I get sucked into the hype this weekend. I, I'm hype. a little bit busy this weekend, um, but I think I if I don't get it right away, I, I want to try it out. I'm either going to rent it from my library when they get it, or if if I can't wait. Then heard I'll it, listeners. We're, we're all busy. Listeners, hype just it up. Kidding. You got to hype it up. You got to tell her tomorrow. Like, just says screenshots Make one after the other. Make me feel the FOMO. That's it. Oh, it. I'm going to have tons of screenshots overnight. Oh, and I'm so just going to just send it to our I'm DM. a Mario fan now. Of course. There you go. Yeah, you enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crash Bandicoot 4 is coming to Nintendo Switch on March 12th cool. for $40. Jeff Grubb writes into the show. And he wants to know, will Crash 4 sell better on Switch than it did on PlayStation? How much did it sell on PlayStation? So that's the interesting. I don't know the number, but here's what I do know. The Insane Trilogy sold 10 million copies, and apparently Crash 4 bombed. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it bombed, but they In did comparison. not talk about it very much. They didn't. They, like, they mm-hmm. blasted those numbers for Insane Trilogy, right? Yep. Like, they were very proud of those. For 4, they, they didn't talk about it too much. Now, Insane Trilogy... Uh, did come to, to switch at some point yep. and that gave yep. it a big boost. I'm sure that this is going to give it a boost for Crash Bandicoot 4 as well. I don't know if it's going to suddenly sell, you know, more than twice as much what it already sold. It's hard so. to expect a game that's already out that's not selling to suddenly sell. The only thing that you yeah. could point your hat to though is everything that comes to switch apparently suddenly sells. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah they just sell a lot more. I hope, it, I hope it does because I love Crash Bandicoot 4. I thought that that game was fantastic. Uh, it, it, it kind of reminds me of Super Mario 3D World, actually, right? In terms of just like pretty linear, but super fun and just really great level design, fun power ups. Big production. I, I've only played through the yeah. first three worlds. I got it uh, over sale on Black Friday and I've been playing it in between games. I do. I don't. And I don't like Crash. I, uh, my co-hosts know that, but I, I feel like to say that out front. I don't like Crash. I never have. Um, this is a good platformer. I still don't. I still don't like the crash formula platforming um, per se, but this is a lot better than the old ones were. I, I, I've always said, I think the old ones are quite overrated. I'm, I'm very nostalgic for the crash series. So I, I'm, I'm ready to get into crash, crash team racing. That's Cra- the crash team racing is yeah. my favorite, man. It's so I good. love that kart racer. So yeah. you see Mike's I don't face have much when, experience when with I said crash, it was overrated. But- I think it'll overrated. <laughs> I think it'll find a nice home on Switch. I think it'll sell well. I don't know if it'll make you know set any records or set the world on fire or anything. I think yeah. Yeah. if somebody's looking to get into Crash, they would probably buy the trilogy on Switch uh, before this. But I don't think it'll do badly. Especially we're going to get Crash Five. I don't think it's going to do that well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially I was to say, uh, you know, Monster Hunter. You know, it's coming out in Monster. Oh, Hunter. Oh, it's right in the middle of that. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rebecca, four more games have been added to Nintendo Switch Online. Are you excited for Psycho Dream, Doomsday <laughs> Warrior, Prehistoric with a K-Man, 
Fire and ice on NES. The other my three. headlines get snarkier and snarkier every single time that Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, Mario RPG. Every time those are absent, ugh, I swear I'm going to get fired one of these days with my headlines. Um, I was thinking about this though, and I think I think I'm being overly bitter. I did go back and watch the trailer for these games, and. I feel like we need to keep a little bit more of an open mind. Um, they look kind of cool. I think if we're looking for cool, like, retro games to play, this could be something that might be kind of cool to dive into for, you know, an hour or whatever. Um, I don't know. It just feels like a missed opportunity. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to be optimistic. I get it. I like yeah. it. Like, I'm I like trying it. Because I, there's I, only I like so many that. times, there's only so many times I can complain about these games not being on, um, you know, on the service. <sighs> Fire and Ice is supposed to be like a fun, like puzzle kind of thingy, but like I don't know, Prehistoric Man is supposedly an incredibly generic platformer. That fighting game, yeah. like, you know, two D fighting games on Super Nintendo that aren't Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, or Killer Instinct. Who cares? Maybe and it's just a shame because I feel like an Earthbound was trending last night because mm-hmm. people were talking about it not being on the service, and I, you know, I can't help but wonder like if it already was on the service, maybe we would feel a little bit more open to these editions, thinking like, oh, cool, these are games that we've never heard of. We could check it out, try it out, you know, feel a little bit more cultured on these obscure games rather than just complaining that they're scraping the bottom of the barrel instead of giving us what we want. Right, and yeah, it's just Earthbound and Super Mario RPG are two very big holes and they were both on the SNES classic so it doesn't seem like it's something they can't do and it's just hard to care until we see those or, or like well, a deeper cut that's a bit more interesting like you know get Terra Enigma on there and finally bring that to America that would be fun that's that's the kind of stuff that, and I'm like trying to think of what the roadblocks are because you're right we've seen Mario RPG on you know these other kind of recent was it on the Switch? Uh, not the Switch, the, the SNES console? Yeah, that was on SNES. Was. And, and like, I know Earthbound was. Earthbound, Earthbound was, was on the, the virtual console, so it's not like they don't... It's not like they can't or don't right. want to. You would need a little Square Enix cooperation for Mario RPG, I guess. I can't imagine that would be that hard. Earthbound, I have... There's There seemingly is no roadblock, right? They're like, I have no idea why not. There's none. They could. I, and I, part of me says they don't want to acknowledge Earthbound in 2021, but the fact that it's on the virtual consoles and the SNES Classic says differently. Yeah, and it's, it's not like... It's not like being on the Switch online service is some huge honor either, right? Like, it's yeah. not like Fire and Ice is suddenly going to become a household name franchise. <laughs> Just put it on there. I think the other thing, too, is some people are just super ready for more platforms, right? People want to see yep. Nintendo 64 or Game right. Boy, Game Boy Advance. Uh, it's time for that, too. That's definitely here with me. I mean, I, I've said it a bunch. I, I, I just I've it's not I don't want to throw stones at retro enthusiasts that love and love these consoles. It's just I've had my fill. I had yeah. my Super Nintendo mm-hmm. on 3DS. I had my NES Classic. I've had my Super Nintendo Classic. Like I've done it. I am the consumer. I've already got it. I've done it. I've consumed it. I'm ready for new. I think a really good point to make, though, is that it is cool that there are the, like, there's games that are on here, but with, when you're missing the highlights, it yeah. really doesn't matter. Like It, it doesn't matter it's what rough. rare game they pull out of nowhere. If the games that the people really want to play the service aren't there, then it doesn't matter. I almost feel, and that's exactly what I mean. I almost feel like they're hurting. The narrative is that it almost hurts the value of yep. the service because instead of talking about, oh, there's four whole new games that they're adding, it's we're talking about what's not on it. It's a bunch it's, of games that you don't want to play. Yeah. 
the, the perceived value goes down. Yep. It's games that we it. haven't heard of. And then we look at the gameplay and like, well, yeah, it's just an old oh, platformer right. that we haven't heard of. I think we would be right. more receptive to it if we had, the, you know, if what, it was what something, we would expect. If we were using the service. Yeah, like and, and yeah, if, we're not and, using not the service. often, right? I mean, th- that's part of the problem is that the releases are so sporadic that when it does happen, it's like, oh, great, I guess I'm going to have to wait like another month or two for ha- to have another mm-hmm. chance at the game I actually want on here. Yep. Which at this point, is there even a chance that they're going to add that? Because they, they would have by now. They have to. I, 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 again, Earthbound, I have no idea what would be the hold up there. And, and I, least- I'm excited to start Earthbound for the seventh time and feel bad for not getting it again. So I like I really want it there. The point, the only thing that I could imagine, and this is not a good, it's not a good reason. Don't get me wrong, I'm not condoning it. Is that maybe they're just saving it for a rainy day? I think yeah. Nintendo does that. I think there's pretty Another good collection? evidence that they do that. And you just kind of like they're just like we don't need to right now. We, we have, have like, so many collection. subscribers right now. Yeah, we have like, so many subscribers. We're to. selling so many games. This is not a thing. Like, we don't need this right now. Like, let's wait until a big game gets delayed. And, oh, by the way, Earthbound's out today. You know, like, that's kind of, you know, they kind of do that. And it almost jumps up more excitement because it's been so long. And then we can say, finally. Yeah. Are, are they so mad about us asking for Mother 3 that now they're not even giving us Earthbound? <laughs> well, <laughs> my- like, you know what? <laughs> My crazy theory when they didn't add Earthbound Beginnings to the NES um, online service is that, oh my gosh, for the anniversary, they're going to be doing a collection of all three. It's going to be amazing. The anniversary came and went and there was nothing. And we still don't have Earthbound Beginnings and we still don't have Earthbound and we still don't have a localization. So they just don't want to do it. But the platform things is real. Like it dawns on you when you realize it's like Switch is going into year five. And That's crazy. Nintendo Switch Online has been around here for a couple of years now. It's like, how about let's get a move on it, guys? Like, why this are you? This was like the old times. This system would be just about done, right? We used to have five-year life Basically. Cycle. And I remember when Nintendo Switch Online came out, we were talking like, oh, man, like it's so it's $20 a year. What if they did like GameCube games and it's like $30 a year? Oh, and I'm thinking about like, GameCube no yeah, more. Okay. You know, like I wish. if they tiered it up and it's like they know that they can do that whenever they want. <laughs> Like that's such easy money. They're just leaving mm-hmm. on the table because that's that card is there for them to play whenever they want to. But they, sure. then they also we prove to them that they don't even need to do that because they can stick a a like very bare minimum remaster yep. of these Filter. N64 and GameCube games <laughs> and, and we'll sell it to us for sixty dollars. Yeah, and we proved it. Mario also sold like heck. <laughs> yep. Well, it's, sometimes Nintendo doesn't do things even though they make sense. Like, even though three, uh, 3D All-Stars sold so well, I'm still like, I'm worried we're never going to get Mario Galaxy 2 on the Switch because they just may not do it anyways. It would make too much sense. It would make it? too much sense. Why, why do that? Why do the thing that everybody wants to buy? Yep, they already have the HD Master, but we'll see. Guys, Carl- you're not getting the point. <laughs> Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3 are already on Switch no, Online. See, the best three least... games are already online. So. Okay, 1 and 2 maybe. Donkey Kong Country 3? <laughs> really? Come on. At so least when they wrong. added bottom of the barrel stuff in the previous months, they had at least that one thing, the Donkey right. Kong that first party. Yeah. Something yeah. that was exciting for people. This, it's like, I don't it's even want to boot it up to try one of them. <laughs> it's yeah. weird not to have a single actual like Nintendo first party game. And there's got to be some, right? Like 
is Yoshi's cookie on there yet? There's got to be something <laughs> they can throw in there. Bubble bubble. Yeah. Mario Paint. Give me Mario Paint. <laughs> I, I'd actually, oh, I'd actually yeah. be legit to play some Mario Paint. I would. I would too. Yeah. I wasn't being sarcastic. <laughs> just release the music creator. That'd be good enough. That works. Yeah. Um. Carlos says, with the announcement of the new batch of uh, NES and SNES games, do you guys think we'll have only these types of game announcements for the rest of the Switch lifecycle? I guess they will sell the good ones and give us the ones we have never heard of. Yeah, Easily possible. (laughs) I still think we are going to get Earthbound and Mario RPG eventually, probably at some point in this year, but like that... like that is like pulling teeth out. So beyond that, and if that's pulling teeth, teeth like about? there's no hope for me in 64 GameCube. Right. Some, no, I think at time. best Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. Game Boy at best. We had the Nintendo 64 Virtual Console games on the Wii. <laughs> like it's so crazy that yeah. we haven't had that. It's the weirdest thing. Yet. Yeah, I always for- at, like that's so old. That should be so easy to get on there. I always overlook the portables. Thank you for bringing it up, Rebecca. Like, I would be excited for GBA games and Game mm-hmm. Boy games, especially if they had, like, some Pokemon support and stuff like that. Like, yes, do uh, more I get of those that. Oh, oh, give us just a Pokemon collection. Yesterday, I bought Ocarina of Time on the Wii U Virtual Console for $10. I could have done that on Switch, but I couldn't. Right. Right. It's not. Yesterday. Star Wars Republic Commando has leaked for the Nintendo Switch and is on the way by Data Miner in W Player 123. The port comes from Aspire Media, who was just acquired by Embracer Group, the team behind several of the recent Star Wars ports to mobile, mm-hmm. Xbox, and PC. I've never played Star Wars Republic Commando. It looks kind of awesome. It's, it's dope. Is it? Yeah. My Star Wars games. It's super fun. It's it's nothing too crazy. It, it's, it's a relatively basic first-person shooter with some kind of fun squad element yeah. but it's it's super solid the chemistry between the four uh uh clone troopers you're playing as yeah. it's a lot of fun yeah it's it's the best thing about the prequel era is probably republic commando this is a great game nice oh okay well then now i'm definitely gonna get it because i was looking at some gameplay and i was like oh, so this kind of little doom a little halo in here like this looks fun i'm always down for a shooter especially on switch i said all the time um i want more first person shooters and this looks like a lot of fun so did they say for 10 bucks i didn't see a price oh you didn't see a price for it. Okay. the other ones what did uh jedi yeah, like- it was like seven dollars or something like yeah that. yeah it wasn't too expensive it was pretty cheap um, and I'm excited about this one. Um, I actually found across this just reading up. Uh, I was trying to find new things to watch on Netflix. And I came across this article. A documentary focused on Nintendo is coming to crackle on March 1st. According to Deadline, Playing With Power, the Nintendo story is written by Jeremy Sneed, narrated by Sean Astin. It will feature interviews with Will Wheaton, uh, Nintendo of America co-founder Ron Judy, Atari founder Nolan Bushnell, former Sega CEO Tom Kalinske, Reggie fils and Phil Spencer. What's crackle? It's a free exactly. service that you can watch shows on. Um, what, is, what does Will Wheaton have to do with Nintendo? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted someone. <laughs> He's their famous expert, like like expert witness. Famous game is famous expert. nerd. That's Will it. Wheaton says that he <laughs> likes Nintendo. Like, all right, thanks. Uh, I'm excited about this. I think I didn't write it down. I want to say I remember. I think they said it's five episodes. Um, but yeah, you can download Crackle basically to anything, uh, Rebecca, and they've got like shows. I know like, didn't Seinfeld have a, Jerry Seinfeld had a show on there, like his show. What, his comedians and cars? Yeah, like, I think it was exclusive to Crackle for a while, but yeah, it was like this little thing that Sony tried to do. I think they sold it, um, but it's just a thing. 
I don't know why this isn't coming to another platform. Maybe it's not very good. They probably didn't want to pay for it. We've been seeing more of these uh, documentaries about yeah. games, which is nice. There right. was a Console Wars video version. Yep. Uh, was it Net- Netflix actually did have a little uh, video game documentary show? Yeah, we watched that. Yep. I forgot what it's called. Mm-hmm. There's a, I know that the some of the Midway guys, they have a documentary now about the golden era of midway in the 90s with like nba jam and mortal Kombat, so it's nice to see these things the director actually released a documentary a few years ago on amazon called uh i think it's like the, the history of gaming oh, and cool. um i think sean astin's in that too sean astin from lord of the rings and rudy fame and stuff like that for, uh so i i'm excited i'm always excited i don't know how much insight we will get like we i think the insight that these people that are um you know advertised I think we've heard the insight that they have, like we've heard it in console wars and other things mm-hmm. some other times. So I would love to see more Nintendo Japan type stuff in here. Cause I think that's where kind of some of the, you know, the secrets reside, but I'm still down to watch it. I mean, I'm always down for a little dose of nostalgia. I want a whole episode about the heartbeat sensor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know what their quality of life plan was for like the five years during the Wii where they kept talking about they have this quality of life, like whole other thing. It was like a device that was going to watch you while you sleep and stuff. It was like, and it just, it totally went away. (laughs) It just died one day. Never mind. (laughs) I would love to know, like, what did you have in mind? Like, where exactly were you going with that? We'll Uh, never know about that stuff. Failed projects are the best. Like, they're the most fun to speculate about. Oh. But that's that's why they'll never never talk about it. I feel like because it's failed, they don't. Yeah. I don't want to dive into that. Yeah. Wasn't that around the same time when they were pushing on mobile? Because you know the Wii U was doing that. So the they Wii U was terrible. Other avenues. <laughs> then when the Switch became a big hit, it's like never mind. We make video games actually. <laughs> yeah. On console. That's fine. We're good. That's it. And that does it. That does it for this week in Nintendo, at least in the news. So Rebecca, would you hit us with some questions? Absolutely. Tony wants to know if we do not get Breath of the Wild 2 this year, what is most likely Nintendo's holiday game this year? I mean, Pokemon? I, I think I know Donnie's answer. Uh, I thought it was going to be Bayonetta. Typically, isn't there Pokemon in something else, though? Every single time my we other Pokemon, answer, there's also another game. Yeah, my other answer was exactly what Garrett said. I've been, I was on our prediction show, and I think Bayonetta 3 comes this year, so... I don't. I, I hope so. I, Do you I, think I, that has a wide enough appeal, though, to be the holiday game? No, well, it's it gonna be one big, of the holiday games. We didn't have a really big holiday game this year, really, right? No, so, yeah. uh, not it, really. It, yeah, we didn't have. Like, it wasn't like two years ago where we had Luigi's Mansion and Pokemon, right? This year we had Pikmin Three and Hyrule Warriors. So, like maybe this year it's Bayonetta Three and the uh, Legend of Zelda compilation for its anniversary, just like 3D All Stars. Cool. That works. So, it, might be because again, I think there's still some impact COVID. I, I still think Breath of the Wild two could be this year, but I'm not as certain about that as I as I would have been like three months ago, even in a right. post cyberpunk world where everybody's going to be delaying their games to make sure. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's probably my best guess. If we're if we're not getting Breath of the Wild, I think there will we will have some type of Zelda content this year. Uh, yeah. They've more or less told us that there's going to be Zelda content every year. Uh, and it just kind of it's either we question or port or something makes sense. You say at the very least we're going to get those Wii U versions of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess I kind hope of so. together. Like why that not? would be great. Even if they sell <laughs> them not? separately, even if they sell them separately, just get them over here already. Maybe get Skyward Sword over. That'd be a lot. I think Skyward Sword's more likely. I was thinking about this. I would literally buy them all if they if they sold them individually. Oh yeah. 
everybody's like betting on this collection and everything and i was like even if they wanted to do it the worst possible way if they were like here's just five individual zelda games that you can buy this year i would here's buy every Nintendo. one of them <laughs> Like the last uh, time they made any kind of a bundle was I'm on GameCube, right? Yeah, yeah. It was GameCube. Zelda One, Two, and I think it had Ocarina yeah. of Time. Maybe it had yeah. it had Zelda One, Two, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and then a demo for Wind Waker. Okay, all right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that was the last GameCube, so that was like 15 years ago or more. I was wondering, I mean, I think we should address the rumors have been floating around. There have been a lot of uh, Australian EU trademarks that have been pulled from uh, Zelda franchises overnight. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that that means something. We've seen Nintendo refresh trademarks a lot. The only interesting thing that I think is note of those rumors at the moment is that there are trademarks for games that are currently under trademark. And that yeah. is new for me in terms of following That's, this news no, it's for a not. while. That's not unusual. They have done that before. And every single time we say, oh, but that's special. And... It's it's just Touché. something that they do. They they want to keep. Their I don't trademarks. think I've seen Nintendo refresh a trademark for a game because it is for a game. This isn't for merchandising. This is specifically for software that has a current trademark on the file for twenty until twenty thirty. Yeah, that's a little weird for like yeah, this year. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's Twilight Princess is under trademark until twenty thirty, okay, and they just refresh the trademark. That that does change it a little bit. Um, I mean. It makes sense, I think, that they're that they would do that anyway, but I don't necessarily think that it means necessarily that we're gonna get all of those games or like a culture right. or anything. I agree. But I mean I I think there might be some kind of overlapping in what we get and like what they what they would just do anyway. Yep. yep. The other thing is that there's I don't know about Metroid Prime a uh, Metro Prime Four, no way this year. Definitely Metro not. Prime, <laughs> Metro Prime trilogy, maybe. And and there's also rumors that there's a gonna be another two D Metroid game. Yeah. So maybe that could be that would be really thing. cool. There's Stop giving the Metroid fans Metroid. hope. There's, there's got to be something Metroid at this point, right? The, like again, the Switch has been out forever. Don't do it. Nothing to them. Metroid. Nothing Metroid. Just got to make be them something. wait. Yeah, like we'll, the Earthbound we'll, fans. We'll end up. We'll end up getting a port of uh, Metroid <laughs> Other M. Is what we'll get. <laughs> the Wii port, which I defended at the time. The actually. Wii port. You got to play with your Joy Cons. You got to do exactly. Yeah, the, oh, that was actually kind of cool, right? Like you pointed at the screen. No, I liked Other M. I liked Other M. I'm with you. I defend Other M. I don't think I want to see it port into Switch before we got the trilogy. But right. <laughs> that trilogy has been rumored for so long. Because it makes so much We've sense. we talked about it. It's basically it rumored so only sense. because it makes sense, right? <laughs> and they still won't do it. Well, we had several folks that, like, I guess, influencers or insiders that have had a track record. They said it's done. Like, they've said it on record. They're like, it's done. It's people been done. It's, <laughs> they think it's like the uh, the, the Pikmin 3 situation, Pikmin. right? Like, people yep. said that Pikmin 3 was done long before it came out. They're just kind of like, oh, we can release this at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I, I, The guy's name escapes me, but um, I was following him on on, on uh, Patreon for a while. And, yeah, he said a year before it came out, he's like, it's done. I've seen it. It's done. <laughs> he's like, I don't know where it is. I don't know why they haven't released it. He's like, but I'm telling you, it's finished. <laughs> Yeah, uh, exactly. Liam. Such a Liam Robertson. Life. He said that. Mm. I like Liam. Um, it just—it seems like a waste to me that if, and I've said this before, if they're taking their time on Metro Prime Four, I still need the time to play through three of these games before right. that comes out. Give it to me now. I don't understand the point of releasing them so close to each other. I know you said, Donnie, to that they want to hold on to it until they get closer, 
But to me, and I'm not in marketing or anything like that, but just from the consumer point of view, I'm less likely to buy four. I have it pre-ordered. Um, if <laughs> <laughs> the trilogy comes out like a, only a year before. No, it's a good point. These- I'm sorry. Go sorry, ahead. Sorry, uh, just I think about all these people that have switches, right? There's a lot of people who have switches who maybe aren't weren't necessarily Nintendo fans before, right? You want to introduce them to sure. this franchise. You right. want to get them on board. I, I was with only bringing up. Time. I think there's a um, there's typically a pattern with this. It's not that you want to release them close to each other. It's that typically it will happen when you do like a what I would call like a notable highlight release like this. Not a remaster. We get remasters all the time, right? But Metroid Prime Trilogy's better than a remaster like if they remaster that it's a little bit more than that i think what you hold it for is you hold it until you actually announce and reveal metroid prime 4 metroid prime 4 here's what it looks like it's awesome it's coming a year or two from now by the way metroid prime hd collection is out and it's out this fall and it's funny because they did that with Samus Returns. Yep. They they revealed we have a logo. We're working on That's Metroid right. Prime Four and PS. Right. By the way, here's Samus Returns. Yep. I remember so covering right. that E3 that. and being so confused. I was right about Metroid Reform. So I was they like, oh, here's another until- Metroid game. I was like, what? Treehouse yeah. to say it. They didn't even include it in the main That's presentation. Right. It was just such a side so like. Oh, blew my by mind. The way, also, we we. Everybody got off stream, and about like 15 minutes later, I kept yelling at everybody, get back on stream, get back on stream. <laughs> Wait, like, Metroid, what? They just yeah, announced just two logo. Metroid games. Yeah. Yeah, and but I think with Metroid and what we know that it's gone under, I think that's reasonable expectation. They're waiting until they have something to say about Metroid Prime 4, and then they'll do the collection and get, get yeah, people okay, excited. It'll be so long from now. That'll be long from now. It yes. will be. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. It will be. Um, it's okay. We'll still have our switch because you know they they could just still sell switches. You know, that's the life they're selling so. a bil- bajillion. Maybe they'll bundle in with the Switch Pro. No, no bundle. It'll no be bundle. Switch. It'll be separate, but <laughs> there'll yeah. be no bundle. <laughs> Maybe they'll do a purple one though, or <laughs> they might do something uh, like that. But they're not. Oh, gonna... man, if there was a switch that was like in the various suit colors. I'd be oh, oh that'd, that'd be great. great. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be amazing that'd be good stuff. Uh, I want to believe in the two D. Uh, my my predictions for the year was two D Metroid Mario Golf. Um, some Zelda releases and Pokemon remaster. That was Mario Golf just makes so much sense. Like that, that has to be coming, right? And Bayonetta, right. and Bayonetta three. Those were kind of that's my year, and that's why I think Breath of the Wild. I think if that is the year, then you can totally delay Breath of the Wild. Like that's a really good year. You can push Breath of the Wild a little. I think I want to believe also Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remake yeah. a I little bit. I think that's what we'll get. Yep, for sure. Pokemon Day, a couple weeks away. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. they announce something today where they have a tie-in? First, it was with Katy Perry. Now it's with Post Malone. Post- yeah, Post yes. Malone concert. Let's go. <laughs> Every gamer my age was like, "What? <laughs> What's a Post Malone?" I felt so old when that came. More, out. more of a pre-Malone kind of guy. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Fun stuff. All right, we asked Kevin's question about the Warriors. Um, okay, Mark wants to know, with the industry buying third-party devs left and right, do you think Nintendo needs to be looking to purchase as well? If so, who? The only people I think would be kind of fun for them to purchase is Yacht Club Games. The on my uh, list. Sure. Yeah, the guys who, who did Shovel Knight, just because they made such a good 2D experience, and there are it's so good. plenty of Nintendo franchise. Like, maybe they could make a good 2D Yoshi game again, finally, right? Uh, or maybe they could be given Wario. Maybe they can make the Waluigi game I've always wanted. There's, exactly. there's so many fun things they could sure. do. Yeah. They, they could make a, could. like a really good like Zelda game that's more like Zelda 2. Yeah. That would be fun. 
Um, them, and then I think also one of my other answers would have been uh, Platonic, the guys who make ukulele. Yeah, very good. That makes sense. Just uh, bring them on board, have them do more. You know, Nintendo well, it's stuff. it's I I love three D platformers so much, and it does bother me that the only series that Nintendo makes with three D platformers anymore is Mario. Right, like everything else has reverted to two D. They made 2D. the one mm-hmm. Donkey Kong three uh, D game. They never made a Kirby three D game. They never made a Yoshi three D game. So. Yeah, I would totally love to see more 3D platformers, and Platonic is one of the few people out there who makes this. We were talking about that last week, how the 3D platformers that do release now just don't click. We were talking about Battle and Wonderworld last week. Oh, Battle and Wonderworld is oh, that that was was so rough. That yeah. was so disappointing. <laughs> oh, God. We were talking about, I, I forget what other ones we named, but it's just, I think it's it's hard to really hit the nail on the head with, with those games now for some reason. I was going to say, think about a Yoshi 3D world. I was like, oh, that sounds dope. I mean, if it was, <laughs> yeah. if, even if it was just with those mechanics that he had in uh, the end of Odyssey when you can control Yoshi, something like build off of that. Uh, Kirby has always upset me that they never even tried to make like a slightly ambitious 3D Kirby game. I think that would be so yeah, much it's fun. Always 2D. Mm-hmm. Again, Odyssey is the closest we got to that with the capture thing, but mm-hmm. it would be cool. You got anybody else, Garrett? Um, I, I'm just trying to think of what companies Nintendo would acquire. And I'm I'm just, as you guys are naming off, it's indie studios. Any kind of indie studio that yeah. gives off that child-like kind of playful kind of games or just really cool and fun and unique. I was thinking, pop in my head, and it seems really, um, it makes sense for them. Indie Creates would be a cool acquisition from them. They make a variety of different action-packed games um way forward was another one i was way thinking forward. of it's another one um list. yeah that that's pretty much it though is i i'm not thinking of a i don't know the double a or the triple a they're just not i'm not thinking nintendo would go for that anymore it's, it's something you know unique and and maybe platformy 2d and in good art style i think so cool art uh, i see cool yard, art yard and angel in the chat said moon studios the people behind ori and that's oh, interesting no. microsoft does not own them i think nope. actually they have a deal with activision now for their next game somebody else i forget it's not microsoft. saber interactive and I don't something think it's else it, it was like a collaboration though of moon studios like, saber interactive and, no, and io i thought it was or, like i don't know prime no, this, or something it was something i never let's mm. see this now because yeah moon studios is making remember. is their next because they're making an action rpg with uh with somebody so but the thing Private is division. independent Private division. Private division invested into Moon Studios. Got it. Um, yes, that's it. Yeah, private division. So yeah, but so th- I mean, they're available, quote unquote. And sure, I mean, they, Ori sure is good. Ori's Maybe they amazing. can make a two D Metroid game. Who? You'll never find two people who love Ori as much as me and Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I was listening to that, but like the moment you guys recorded your podcast after the VGAs, uh, Jeff messaged me. He's like, "You're gonna want to listen to the show." <laughs> because <laughs> i was on twitter for days like how do you not include ori this is ridiculous um i think it's i, I do want to point out just to add to what garrett said i think it's hilarious that we have gearbox getting bought up and bethesda right. and people are talking about ubisoft all these publishers these big billion dollar deals Sega. and you ask some in- nintendo fans who they should buy and we're like wait forward <laughs> i mean the, the the really big picture one is if nintendo bought capcom that would be cool but oh, they never would. I would if they say, bought a studio that I think of that size or you know significance would would be a really big deal. I think right. Platinum would be that pie in the sky one for me. Yeah, yeah. Platinum, and that's more realistic than, yeah. than Capcom is for sure. But like Garrett, I wrote down all the indie stuff, so I had Way Forward, um, I had Yacht Club. I also wrote down Sidebar, Shinin, and Team Cherry. 
Like mm. if they bought Shannon Games, um, they have a good track record releasing so quite a few games um, over the last decade or so that are pretty good. But yeah, these are all smaller things. But to answer the question, I think more directly, I don't think they need to buy somebody. Oh no, yeah, um, definitely not. Because it I doesn't agree. matter how many people get bought as people leave and go and they create new indie studios and stuff. There is definitely, I think, a market the developers that want to develop Nintendo games and they want to be mm-hmm. on switch and they like, there's a nostalgic pull for them. We've talked to them. We've had several developers come on our show and our discord. And they're like, no, I want to make a Nintendo game. Um, so I, I, I think Nintendo's fine there. I don't think they need to acquire. Yeah, I think that, I think that purchase of next level was yeah. a special circumstance. Cause that made so mm-hmm. much sense. Yeah, for uh, sure. From that, there's not, there's nothing that makes as much sense as that did. Yeah. Camelot. They could just own Camelot if they wanted they to. Not, but- if you told me they owned Camelot, I would have believed you. Same. Exactly. I said sometimes I think they do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest, I probably thought that they owned Next Level already. So when I was like, oh, they're oh now they own them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Of course they. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Makes makes sense. All right. Tony wants to know. We've seen quite a few special edition Switch consoles over the year, and with a second Mario themed Switch releasing soon, I can't help but wonder what is your favorite special edition. And what predictions do you have for future special editions? Keeps his fingers crossed for Zelda. So do I, Tony. I feel like all the good ones look are, are Zelda, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, but the Majora's Mask, uh, New 3DS XL is great. Of course. That's mine. Uh, yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking more about how I wish there was better ones for the other franchises. Like, again, I, we talked about earlier that like a various suit metroid console would be so good looking i don't know if they ever did i liked the metroid 3ds xl but i remember people when it was announced people said they didn't but i liked that one i thought it's a really good design i thought it was nice yeah it's very minimal too right it's just samus like in in a stance it's like the red and the yellow plates on both sides like i would have rather an orangey isn't it yeah like a a reddish orange orange. okay yeah for sure i'm not a big fan of that Mario one either. It's like a little plain. The movie. Mario Switch edition. I don't care for it. It's not half I think as they could good have done as better. the Animal Crossing one. Oh, like I was Monster Hunter. Say Animal Crossing the Switch. One. Yeah, the Switch. The Animal Crossing is my favorite. It's the only special edition console I've ever bought, which is amazing because I love so many of the Zelda uh, special editions. I would like to see more Zelda though. My favorite one is the Majora's Mask one 3DS, mm-hmm. and I don't even like this. Not even my least favorite Mar- uh, Zelda game, but that edition is to die for. That was yeah, I'm so not a, good. I'm not a giant Majora's so Mask fan either. It's funny because I, I, you know, I'm playing these Genkos games, and I am using that again. So, and I'm like admiring it. I'd actually take that battery pack off because I had to mod my new 3DS so that I can install the orchestrated music uh, patch for Dragon Quest. There we go. So, <laughs> I was doing a lot of admiring nice. of that 3DS. Nice, nice. I'm doing the same, uh, but we'll save it for next week. I started playing yeah. some 3DS today, and I was like, "This is new. <laughs> this is different. It's been a minute." <laughs> so, but I'll, I'll save it for next week. It is. It feels super weird when you use that again for the first time and forever after using the Switch for three years. I bought a grip. <laughs> I <laughs> yes, you did. Shock face. <laughs> so shock face. I think my new favorite, guys, is the Monster Hunter, and we've talked about oh, this. The good. Monster Hunter Switch Edition looks so good. I, I'm not going to get it, but I wish I could. <laughs> I did like the Smash Brothers Switch they made. I thought it was simple. Right. Like, you know, it just has basically that the stripes from that logo. Like The dock I, was I, really, really good. I was it was. Say, I like the dock. I don't like the Joy-Con. I'm with Rebecca. Okay. Um, I do have the Pokemon Switch Lite version. I love the color scheme of that, but front value, you don't, I mean, it doesn't look Pokemon to me, really. Um, and it's very faded legendary Pokemon in the back. So I'm just like, 
it looks cool. It's just it doesn't scream Pokemon to me. I do think Tony. I do think we'll get a special edition for Zelda when the, when Breath of the Wild oh, for two sure. releases. I think we'll get a special edition with it. Yeah, absolutely. And Rebecca will buy it, and hopefully it'll be a pro. But even if it's not, <laughs> no, it'll be a regular edition, and then right next to it, the Switch Pro, and the Pro Rebecca comes a month later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm buying the Zelda one. I probably will too. I probably will too. And last but not least, Nintendo Pals wants to know, what do you all think of a full 2D Mario game in the style of 3D World, like Mario Maker 2's 3D World style? I think that's incredible. I liked it. I remember you remember I was telling you guys about Mario Maker 2 and how I like the 3D World inclusion. However, I would say that I love the 2D stuff that they did with Odyssey. By far my favorite part of that game. It was like... 2D, like on the wall stuff, but it was old retro stuff, but with new, like modern elements too. It was like a mishmash of old and new. I want that to be the next 2D Mario game, like just a whole bunch of that old retro sprites with this new modern design flair on 3D, you know, platforms and stuff like that. Like I was, I was just smitten with that. So that would be what I would want. We had so many of those new 3D Mario games our new uh, new Super Mario Brother games that yeah. like all I want from a new 2D Mario game is something very different, something aesthetically different, something with some kind of a gameplay hook, almost like the gravity stuff in, in Galaxy, something like that to help differentiate it from all these other, you know, very good 2D Mario games we had again. If, if we're going to that well again, I want to see something either really creatively impressive or something mechanically ambitious. You know I'm not really a big fan of the 2D Mario, but you're I, I totally agree with you with the art style of it. I think it's very boring to me, the new Mario, whatever it is called, yeah. style. I would like to see a total refresh of that. I am a big, 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 and I know they'll never do it, but I'm a big sucker for sprite work, for sprite oh, graphics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big sucker for hand-drawn graphics. So anything that we got like that, I think would just be such a good kind of retro throwback but like in a brand new modern game with modern mechanics we've been doing that new super mario bros look it's just it's 12 13 yeah it's been a while since the wii days since the wii and the ds about it the ds yeah can't tell the difference between all of those games it's so it it looks generic that's what it It just looks cartoonish yeah, and I yeah. said before, like with 3D World, that was one of the things that threw me off at the first time. Is that it, it's a bit like that, more so than the Galaxy games or even Odyssey, right? But right, Odyssey, no, I agree with you. It is like it, but it's like the best of it. Yeah, it does. It definitely does that the best too. Yeah, and it gets away from it. But yeah, like for the time of New Super Mario Brothers, uh, you, I was so <laughs> over it. It had that one level that suddenly looked like a Van Gogh painting. I'm like, well, this should have just been the whole game. This is actually yeah. really interesting to see. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just one yeah. level, and it's the it's only thing tired. I remember from that game, and I've beaten that game twice now. It's the only thing I remember. Yep, yep. I agree, for sure. Well, that's going to do it for us this week in the Nintendo Shack. Mike, plug your stuff, man. Let them know where they can find Games Beat Decides, your Disney show, and all the other things that you do on the amazing internet. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Games Beat Decides, uh, that's that's the podcast I do with Jeff Grubb for our site, Games Beat, and uh, we do that weekly. We uh, usually record live on Friday, so... Uh, you can you can check us out wherever you get podcasts there. And then I also do 90s Disney, which is my 90s Disney podcast at 90sdisney.com and all the podcast places. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Our last episode was about Spaceship Earth's 1994 version with Jeremy Irons narrating. But uh, yeah, we have a good backlog of evergreen episodes for, for that show if you like Disney. 
Nice. Well, uh, on behalf of the Nintendo Shack and PSVG, dude, thanks so much for dropping in. And thank you for yes, having me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great. Absolutely. We'll definitely have you back and Jeff back. We need to have you back more. I think for every show that we had Jeff, we'll have Mike back twice. We'll see how that I goes. I agree with that. That's pretty that good. That sounds good. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, I am at least twice as good as him, so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us this week. From everybody here, catch you next week, Kooplings. Bye-bye.